And when we rise, we begin again. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. These words I'm about to begin with were actually meant to be given on August 27th, 2017, but they weren't. These words began, we have been and are still going through a traumatic experience. Life has changed. Our routines are broken, friends, and maybe some of you here today have lost basically everything. And then with this word, you'll know why these words were not preached in 2017. Harvey was no respecter of persons and it affected us all. We are human beings experiencing fear and trauma. The reason this was not preached was because that was the day Harvey made it impossible for us to even get here to church And it was the only day that we have not worshipped on a Sunday one way or another back in 2017. But my how things have changed and how other things have stayed the same. How do we respond to life and these fearful and traumatic circumstances that we find ourselves in? Severe political and cultural division. Uh, economic collapse for most people, in fact, and many, many other troubles in our nation. How do we respond to life and amidst a pandemic of all things? And then secondly, how do we respond to God in whom we believe but often experience as absent or remote? Well, the good news is today that the word of God reveals to us a way to respond, a way to respond in three parts because we have a response that includes a confession, a presentation, and an offering. Let's hear about those. Responding to life and to God in this way, in faith and in trust in God will allow us to do something that is maybe new. We will begin to actually experience God as present with us and powerful in our own lives. And in that power of God's presence, we will experience a transformation. And that's what experiencing God and responding to God is meant to be like. So does that sound good? Let's do it God's way and by the book, so to speak. Because I believe that if you will commit yourself to responding to God and his love and mercy in this way. God promises that you will experience his presence and his power in a new way. Well, that morning, that morning when Jesus and his disciples rose, they began again. They entered into a district called Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Referring to himself, Jesus was saying to his disciples, Who do people say that I am? Now, we have to briefly touch on where this took place because 99.5% of the people read this and they just say, Well, whatever Caesarea Philippi is, 
But the place that Jesus chose to ask this question to his disciples is very important. It is an ancient site of pagan worship, as a matter of fact. And for 300 years, pagan worship had taken place in that district in a city called Panias. Panias. It's in the Golan Heights near the border with Syria. And there is a cave there. And in that cave is the source of a spring. And that spring is the source or one of the sources of the Jordan River. And for hundreds of years, even beginning with the Canaanites, there was pagan worship there. And uh, in the Greek system, it was the worship of Pan. And so it's very significant that uh, this is going on hundreds of years before the time of Jesus. Now, in the time of Jesus, Herod the Great built a temple in honor of Caesar Augustus there. And then after Herod died, his son Philip decided to rename it because it was now belonged to him, Caesarea Philippi, Caesar and Philip together. Now, this was the crossroads of ancient Greek and their, their system, ancient Rome and their power and their pagan system as well, and Israel. This was the crossroads of all of the religions and the power of the world in that region. And this is the place, the profound place, that Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Well, of course, we know the words of Peter, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, says me, Jesus, son of God. My father has revealed the truth of my identity to you. And then we have a play on words in Greek because Jesus said, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. In English, we might say, Rocky, on this rock, I will build my church. In Greek, it's Petros. On this Petra, I will build my church. And so this revelation of the identity of who Jesus is as the Messiah is in fact that rock, that place where everything will be built. Jesus says, I will build my church. So from that point forward, everyone that has received the revelation from God the Father about the identity of the Son is now built up as living stones of rocks upon the foundation of Christ to build up the church. And we are all a part of it. Now, the irony for Peter, the rock, is, is that just after confessing Christ as the Messiah, after revealing this revelation from the Father, he begins to go against Jesus and his very mission and ministry because he doesn't understand it. And he opposes Jesus going to the cross, and Jesus has to say to Peter, the rock, get behind me, Satan. You're standing in the way of God's will and his mission for me. Well, that was a tough day for Peter, but when he rose the next day, he began again. Jesus builds his church, and Jesus is still building his church today. 
So the first way that we respond to God is by confession. And this is the confession. God is my heavenly father through his son, Jesus, the Messiah, the crucified and risen Lord of the world. The Holy Spirit indwells the body of Christ of which I am a member in communion with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we respond to God by confession, confession of faith and trust in God's revelation concerning his Son. That confession of Christ is the very foundation. And then we move to the second part of how we respond to God And that is presentation. So we have confession and then presentation. We present ourselves to God for duty, for worship, for prayers, for service. We present ourselves to God for our very life. The Apostle Paul in today's readings after writing 11 chapters, 11 whole chapters about the incredible wonderful mercy and love of God and our salvation in and through the person, life, and sacrifice of God's Son and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit as grace to us. After 11 chapters, Paul says this, by the mercies of God, given everything that I've said, this is what you're supposed to do. Present your bodies That means your total life, not just your thoughts. Present your bodies to God. So this means that we are to present our bodies to God as a daily living servant of God, as your very self to be given to God sacrificially. He says, do it as a living sacrifice, not one time, but living day by day by day in service to God. Imagine with me a soldier that volunteers for the army. The soldier wants to do it. He signs up, he volunteers, but then imagine this same soldier as someone who wants to sleep in, who really doesn't want to show up for the inspection does not want to present himself for the daily drills or never go to the firing range. Well, this would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? That soldier would not be wanted in any army because he would not be prepared to actually fight for his own country because he wanted to be in the army on his own terms. Well, you see where I'm getting how ridiculous it is to want to be a Christian And not present yourselves every morning for duty to God. It's just an extreme conflict. And the failure to present ourselves to God every morning is probably the most important and primary failure of Christians today. And why we struggle so, so very much with this Christian life. Well, the truth is we need God every single day. And we need to live in and through God every single day. So when we rise, we begin again. Every morning, we must present ourselves to God for duty. Every morning, we must present ourselves to God for service. Every day, every morning, we must present ourselves to God for life. 
in order to do God's perfect and acceptable will and in order to glorify God through our speech, our thoughts, and our actions every single day. Tomorrow, in the daily email, you will receive, once again, we've sent it out many times, the prayers of the community. It includes short prayers for the morning that are manageable by anyone. It only takes a few minutes to do these prayers. Of course, it includes the Lord's Prayer, but it would be something manageable by everyone and a place to start as a way to daily present yourselves to God for duty and for service and for life. Recently, I came upon a prayer, a new prayer. It's by someone named St. Macarius the Great. St. Macarius the Great was an Egyptian monk born around 295. He was a father of monasticism who during his lifetime was a spiritual father to over 4,000 monks from all nationalities. Listen to this short prayer that you can actually use from time to time to present yourselves to God. It's very short, but it encapsulates so much. O Lord, as you will and as you know, have mercy. That's it. O Lord, as you will and as you know, Have mercy. One other thing St. Macarius the Great said is that we only need to make a beginning every day. That that's the important thing of the Christian life is that we make a beginning every single day. So the second way that we respond to God is to present ourselves to God every morning. As St. Macarius says, only make a beginning. Every day. As we do this consistently, we will experience God's presence and power, and our great need of humility and repentance will also show up as we do this. Another thing will happen our minds and our hearts will begin to experience a transformation. They will be be, uh, transformed to understand and know what is good and what is right, what is God's will and what is God's way. It is called the renewing of our mind so that we would have the mind of Christ, the humble, sacrificial mind of Christ as we deal with others and we deal with ourselves. The former Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, says this alone is true worship. The giving to God of body, soul, and spirit with all that they need for their full development so that God may take and use them, our total selves, for God's own purpose. All of this is about God ultimately and us doing God's will and fulfilling God's ways and his purpose in our life. God gives us life one day at a time. We present ourselves to God one day at a time. So we can start slowly. We can start in a manageable way to present ourselves to God every single morning in prayer and in duty and service. And if we miss a day, we just pick back up the next day. Just like St. Macarius say, we make a beginning every single day.
Well, the third aspect of responding to God is the corporate and communal offering of thanksgiving to God that we call the Holy Eucharist. In Paul's words, present your bodies, given in the plural, brothers and sisters, present your body. There is no doubt that when he talks about brothers and sisters presenting their bodies as a living sacrifice, that it also included the weekly gathering of communal life, the body of Christ coming together for the Holy Eucharist. So I'm excited to also announce that beginning next week, we are going to regather at 9 and 11 o'clock for this communal gathering of the body of Christ to offer a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to join ourselves to the one and eternal sacrifice of Christ and receive his body and blood, his very life in the Holy Eucharist. We begin to do that next week. This is the way that we are empowered. So to do God's will, to offer God the glory to offer God ourselves to present to God. So friends, this is the way that we respond to God in order that we may experience in real life, day-to-day life, his power and his presence with us. It is the way that we need to live life so we can face the challenges and the traumas of life that we're all involved in one way or another. So how do we respond? We respond by confession, by presentation, and by offering. And we do this until the very day we die. And when we rise, we begin again. Amen.